Well, welcome, I'm Adrian and we're going to take a, another dive into the book of Philippians, part of our series, seeing how Christ, uh, Christ alone, he's our joy, we rejoice in him and this week we're going to look at uh, Christ, our contentment. We're going to look at how uh, there are keys to you and I finding contentment in Christ in this book of Philippians. Uh, I'm recording in a different place uh, on account of a family case of COVID and so we've been uh, shut in uh, or at least in our, our house and garden uh, which is day eight. So uh, talk about contentment. Yeah. <laughs> we've been learning and practicing contentment in this uh, time of little extra um, restrictions and uh, many of you also have faced uh, family pressures uh, lifestyle pressures, work pressures uh, also. So contentment is a, is a live issue in our lives isn't it? How do we find contentment? And uh, we switch on the TV and read around uh, lots of people would have views on this is how you find contentment uh, you need this car or that holiday or this house or those clothes or that drink or that woman or that man or that experience and then you have contentment. The whole of our advertising uh, system is based on this is what you need for contentment but we want to dig into what does God's word say about contentment I wonder what you think when you think of the word contentment what is the image that comes to, to your mind sometimes we muddle up contentment with happiness contentment and happiness they're not the same thing uh, we can be happy with a new car or a new holiday but See, underneath we're not content and contentment sometimes is greater than whether we're happy happy because the sun shines as you know there's a there's a deeper contentment in our lives and this is what Paul is going to help us about you see Paul writes Philippians we heard last week from Dave Paul writes Philippians in jail that's not a good place to be contented is it I mean he's a God get me out of here I've got a mission actually Paul would show us that he's contented. Not only that, he talks about he's got a dear friend Epaphroditus who was critically ill, almost died, but now he's recovered. Well, having sick people around him, maybe how could Paul be content in that? Then he talks of anxiety as he's sending Epaphroditus to Philippi while he's writing this letter. And then also he talks about some team in the letter of Philippians that have fallen out with one another. Well, that's not a good recipe for being contented, surely. Others are preaching and stirring up trouble uh, in the hope that their preaching makes it difficult for Paul in prison. Oh, that, that's not good. <laughs> uh, Paul says, actually, I've learned the secret of being content in any and every circumstance. Any and every circumstance? Are you, are you serious, Paul? In any and every circumstance, he's learned the secret. So that's what we want to unpack uh, today and we, it bubbles out of him this contentment because of 16 times through the book of Philippians he talks about being joyful and having joy. Joy uh, is one of the hallmarks that overflows from contentment. So let me read a little bit from Philippians 4 that Paul writes and uh, uh, you can follow. So Paul says this Philippians 4 verse 8 and now dear brothers and sisters one final thing, fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts on what's true and honourable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about such things that are excellent and worthy of praise. 
Keep putting into practice all you've learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. How I praise the Lord that you're concerned about me again. I know you've always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I've learned to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Even so, you've done well to share with me in my present difficulty. You see, Paul's writing to us, not about being happy, he's telling us his joy in God overflows from his contentment. Contentment is like an internal word, it's about, it's not so much a feeling, it's a, a sense of satisfaction, of rest, of quietness, sometimes we describe it as inner quietness, inner quietness that's not dependent on external circumstances, not dependent on external circumstances, because it's of an internal quietness of rest and trust in an eternal God. So Paul says, I've learned the secret of living in every situation. Paul, tell us that secret. And whether you've got full stomach, empty, plenty, not much, you've got a secret, tell us the secret. Wouldn't it be great just to listen into Paul's heart and fortunately he's written us this letter. He's learned to be content with whatever he has. How are you doing? How am I doing? There are times on my contentometer, it's knocking on empty. God, Will you lead me? Will you train me? Will you show me in the way forward? So whether I'm hungry or whatever it is, that the extremes that we go through, God, will you train me? Maybe you too. God, train me. We can ask him for help. Paul says it's through Christ. In essence, we find contentment through Christ. If you're watching through and searching for any other philosophy, any three-step fixes to being contentment. Yeah, there's things we can learn from others, but actually we find true contentment in our humanity as we look at the person of Jesus Christ. So Paul would say, we find contentment as we meditate and we chew. And so we want to invite you, as we go through this series of Philippians, meditate and chew over Philippians. It's got other keys of contentment in there that I'll not have time to unpack today. Chew over the chapters, the verses, spend time, linger in it, and see that God will lead you uh, and I to contentment. It's good news for all of us, thankfully. Good news for Adrian in the shutdown, and for you and the rest of our Open Door Church uh, in our family as we look to him. So Paul says, I've learned, it's attainable. That's the thing, it's attainable. Paul says, I've learned, I've got there. I've got there, guys. Read my letter, I've got there. If Paul's attained it, so can we. Because his Christ is our Christ too. The Christ who strengthened Paul is the same Christ who strengthens us. And if Paul found it in Christ, we can find it in the same Christ to the same measure. It's attainable, friends. God is not withholding contentment. He's offering it to us in Christ if we will pursue. You see, Paul says, I can do everything through Christ who strengthens me. And that's a good verse for the pencil or the fridge or the poster, isn't it? What that does not mean is that I can do anything and God will give me the ability to do it. 
because the context, context is everything when we read scripture, the context of that verse, I can do all things, is about finding contentment in every area of our lives with plenty or less. I can find what I need in contentment through Christ who strengthens me. He wants to give you and I strength in every circumstance. He's enough. The, the answer is Christ is enough. Christ will always be enough. He's att it's attainable. The second thing Paul says I've learned. Okay Lord take me through this school of learning to be content in you. I think Jesus says yeah are, are you sure? Paul learnt it. How did he learn it? In the classroom? On holiday by the beach on the, on the uh, coast, Mediterranean coast? No he learnt it when he had nothing, when he was hungry or when he was shipwrecked, when he was going through pressures. Friends we learn contentment in those moments where we choose it above other things. And see, so I've realised, actually, when I'm discontent, what we're really saying, what I'm really saying is, Christ, you're not enough. These other things are more important. And those things I, I like and want to run after, actually, they become the source of my contentment. And I think sometimes our learning is we self-medicate to get out of Christ's learning. And we say, Lord, teach me your contentment, but I only want it this way. <laughs> Friends, what if this season in our lives is Christ drawing us to himself to say, Adrian, open door, will you trust me and let me teach you contentment even in this? So, Lord, it's hard. I can do, we can do all things through Christ who strengthen us. Christ, you're enough. So even this week, I've had to repent and say, God, I'm sorry for the times that I choose to say other things will make me content. And, and you're second. Uh, really, that's one. Uh, these things are good, uh, but you're second, friends. Let's let's get our priorities right. We find contentment in Christ. Paul says, actually, I've learned the secret. I've learned the secret. Well, it means I've I've learned the mystery of finding contentment, and it's a mystery not because it's hidden and we have to go onto some mountaintop mystic experience. It's a mystery because it's not the way that the world says we find contentment. Like we said at the start, the world says, hey, you find contentment when you have this shiny car or a new model of fridge, a new, a new meal, a new experience, a new, whatever it is, uh, you find it when you don't have kids. When you do have kids, when you explore this sexual way or that sexual way, when you have a different woman or man, then you'll find contentment. Actually, that's, that's, that's a lie. It's a mirage because when we've tried any of those things, a nice meal is great, but the next day I'm hungry again. A good experience is good, but then you come home again. Uh, God is looking for us to find contentment in Christ. Contentment in Christ. And so my challenge to myself and to each of us is where are we looking for contentment this week? Where are we looking? And pressure times, and we, we are under pressure, actually pressure times show us where do we go first. And friends, if we find that actually it's to other things, it's great. The Holy Spirit gives us repentance. We say, God, would you leave me? But I, I seek you. We need him to work in us. We need Christ to strengthen us. And as we do that, we find the road back to him restored, contentment restored. See, Philippians teaches us, the Bible teaches us, we find contentment in Christ alone.
we find contentment in Christ alone. Paul saying, the mystery of contentment is not found in what you have, but in found in where you look. Not in what you have, but where do you look? Whether you've got hunger or less, or wealth or poverty, actually contentment is found in Christ. You see the answer, he says, this is, uh, let me read you verse uh, Philippians 4, verse 4 to 7 again. He says, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. And there's a clue of how we find contentment. Rejoice in the Lord. Let everyone see that you're considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord's coming soon. It won't last forever. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and your mind as you live in Christ Jesus. So three quick ways we can practice contentment. We can take little steps. Join me this week as we take little steps, as I take little steps in contentment. Number one, trust. Like I say, when we're discontented, really we're expressing uh, trust uh, or we're expressing a lack of trust in God. You don't know what you're doing. You haven't done enough. You're not enough. You can't do it. You won't come through. When we trust God, we find it contentment. Okay, God, you've got this. So learning contentment is really about learning who God is and his character. It's growing in our understanding. He's a good father. He's a loving father. He's compassionate. He's slow to anger. He's rich in mercy. That's why Paul prays uh, for the Ephesian church. Lord, open that. I pray that God will open the eyes of your heart that you'd know him better. Because friends, as you and I know him better, then we're more able to God, you're, you are big enough. You, you will come through. And as we trust in him, it's a step of faith. God, I choose to trust you. That's the moment of growth. So maybe we can be discontented because in our eyes, God is too small. God, would you enlarge my vision, my understanding, open the eyes of my heart that I see you in your splendor. Oh, I can trust a God that's that big. I can trust a God that's that, 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 that is that loving. Let's trust him. So trust, trust. The second one is thankfulness. Okay, let's be thankful. Uh, Paul says rejoice. Let's go over. Let's be thankful. What has Christ done? What has he, what has he worked to me? Who is he? I, find, I dig into some different Psalms. Often I've got some favourite Oasis Psalms that I dig into. And if you like, they, they like reconnect my heart to the goodness and the faithfulness, uh, the expanse of God. Maybe you have to have scripture places where we practice our thankfulness. And then we look around us and we, we can be thankful for what he's doing in others. We can receive the Holy Spirit who bubbles up in us thankfulness. And so I daily, uh, at this time, be daily writing out things I'm thankful for. Seeing some goldfinches in the garden. Or sense of knowing God's presence in that prayer time as something he's spoken in the verse deliberately practicing thankfulness okay that helps me towards contentedness and then Paul also says tell God tell God what's going on so we trust him we talk to uh, we trust him we're thankful and we talk to him so God this is a challenge at the minute being shut in here like this or with these concerns for that and for those people and for this situation Paul talked about it. He owned it. He says, whether I've been hungry or had plenty, he owned it before God. 
it wasn't he said oh I don't need food something stoic or you know I can I can survive without all that no actually he brought it before God and we can bring all our needs before God that's what Philippians says tell God what you need so I practice my trust in you but God you also know about this bill, this finance, my job uncertainty, this relationship challenge, this prayers of my heart for family, whatever it would be, we can tell God about it. I want to pray for us, invite us to listen to the Holy Spirit, just to pause a moment. And let's ask him, Holy Spirit, so he comes to you and I, Holy Spirit, will you show me where are my eyes? looking for contentment Holy Spirit where do my eyes look will you show me if it's not to you first will you show me and I, let's take a moment to listen to ask, to invite ok Lord you show me that it's to food or it's to TV, it's to it's to other thoughts, other things that I turn first for contentment. There's many things that are good, but there's one who is truly good. Lord, I just want to reorientate my life again today. Well, as we watch, as we listen, we will reorientate, Lord, that you're the source of true comfort. Lord, we live in a culture that defines contentment as what we have. Well, then we see that Paul defines contentment, that we find it through Christ Jesus, you who strengthen us. We can do all things, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Friends, let's fix our eyes on Jesus, let's meditate through Philippians, let's practice thankfulness, let's trust, let's know that God wants to lead us grow us, train us, learn us, that we can attain contentment like Paul. God bless you.